All Things Automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Hi, Nico. On the couch with a cup of coffee, running a little late. We do apologize. Hope you've had that coffee and you are revved to answer quite a few questions. I have. Hello, Michelle. How are you? I'm absolutely brilliant. How are you? I'm very good as well. Thank you. Okay, Nico, let's crack in. First question. There's a lot of questions. Will Formula One be exciting next year with Lewis Hamilton's move to Ferrari? I'm sure you've been thinking about that one a lot as a a Formula One fan. Oh, for sure. It's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about because it's been, if you're a Formula One fan, it's been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, all the Formula One fans are talking about it. There was actually lots of rumours last year already, and of course, there's always just deny, 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 and, and now it's a fact. Which, it's an interesting move because there's a whole season that's ahead of, of, of Lewis before he moves to Ferrari. And then next year, it'll still be, let's say, the current cars, but in 2026, there's massive changes to the cars um, uh, and the specification of the cars. So Lewis is interesting because you'll have a teammate, which is Charles Leclerc, which is really, very good. It's also interesting to see who's going to fill his seat, plus where is Carlos Sainz going to go. So this really um, makes things very interesting and exciting. I'm looking forward to definitely this season and also next uh, season. So it is uh, it has definitely moved things around and it's made it interesting and uh, definitely interesting talk. So I'm looking forward to see what will happen and how we will perform in that Ferrari. I think most Formula One drivers want to have a stint in Ferrari because they've been the team that's done you know, that's been with Formula One all, since the, almost the start of Formula One. So it's always a lot of drivers, uh, you know, aspire, I think, to want to drive there. Um, and then breaks like um, Edson Senna always said he wants to do a Ferrari, but he never got to Ferrari. So, yeah, it's an interesting move, and I'm looking forward to it. So you are a huge F1 fan, and mm. uh, I'm trying to remember the last time we hung out what who you were shouting for. Was it Lewis so, Hamilton? You know, so I support drivers. I support two drivers. The one driver is um, um, Carlos Sainz. Uh, and my favorite is actually Landon Norris. So those are the two guys I like. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a team, I would pick McLaren. But they're not doing really well. Um, well, they're okay. But no, those are the, the, the drivers that I support. So we tend to find people. Some people support teams and some people support drivers. I like to support the drivers. You like to support the drivers, so mm, so, have, yeah. so you're not supporting Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know it's like everybody has different favourites, and yes. Lewis is definitely a very popular guy. Yeah, um, in the, you know, just the guys I like is Lewis. You know, Norris yeah. is my favourite. So yeah, I think he's got a lot of talent. Well, it's going to be an interesting, interesting sport to watch with these changes. Nico, we've got a question from Jen saying, Hi, Michelle. An orange light sometimes pops up on my car dash, which has ABS written on it. I need to know from our car fundi. I'm assuming she's talking about you when she says that. If this this needs urgent attention or if it can wait until my next car service, which is due in April. What do you think, Michelle? I think, well, it's ABS braking, so that would make me a little bit anxious. And I would say because it's about braking, it's not like saying you need an oil change in 25 days or 15 days or 10 days. So I would may, maybe I would go and do it. I'd go and, you know, I'd this, go and get it checked. With one answer, you basically show I'm not needed. <laughs> <laughs> one, one but people, answer, love people love you. People love you. No, but that's, that's exactly what I say. Some people, that's a safety, typical issue. 
Um, you know, it's like the car is, is, needs to wash your fluid. That's okay. But when there's an ABS warning, you need, when you need to brake, it means that your ABS might, system might not work. It might fail. Yeah. So that's a, that's a safety critical issue. So no, I would not wait until my next service might get it done on Monday. Okay, so Jen, there you go. Talking about services, Isaac wants to know um, what qualifies a car for the next service the following year, e.g. the car has travelled 5,000 kilometres in and between annual services. So I can say that what qualifies it is either a time-based thing or a kilometre-based thing. So if you do more kilometres, then um, you need to do it according to kilometres. If during your time you haven't covered the kilometres, then you need to do it during the time. Okay, Michelle, let me read the next question and then you answer it because I'm so well. <laughs> Is that two? That's two so far that I've got. Is that keep correct? Two. Keep from two. Amazing. Keep going. There's nothing I can add. Well, maybe clarify it because I might not have said it correctly. No, no, it's just simple. Um, um, it's either a time or no, there's, no, there's really nothing to add. It's either time-based, mm. um, that's specified by the manufacturer. So even if you've only done 3,000 kilometers, um, let's say, every year, bring it in. And it, the thing is, if you miss that, they might avoid your warranty or your service plan or your maintenance plan. So even if you've done, even if you've done 10 games after a year, you've got to take it in because that's the major. That's the right answer. Excuse me, how are you doing the next one? Okay, I can't answer the next one because I'm not sure what they're actually talking about. But anyway, the request is to Nicole. So, um, Nicole, Uh ask Nicole about BYD ATT03, fully electric. I'm assuming it's a car. Build your dreams, BYD. BYD is an electric car. Uh It's called called Build Your Dreams, the car. Yes, yes. Some of the... Car names nowadays are quite interesting. So it's called BYD, which is Build Your Dreams. Yeah. Um, and it's in a Chinese electric car. Yeah. Um, so the, um, it's called the, so currently the, the car that's available is called the Atlas 3. Um, and it's actually, um, again, we spoke about this last week. When you say affordable, it's an affordable electric car at about 770,000 rands. Um, so that's actually, so if you want to get into electric cars, that's definitely something to consider. Um, but it is, it, it's, it's a bit of an unknown because, um, I, you know, I haven't driven the car. Not that that means anything. Yeah. But it hasn't been, I haven't really seen it in traffic getting tested by the major companies. However, Chinese, we spoke about how the Chinese companies, you know, how those, uh, well, China has focused so much on electric cars. So if you're looking at an affordable electric car, that's definitely one to consider. But also the EX30 Volvo is going to be launched soon. So that's also some, and, and that's going to be in a, in a similar price range. Um, that's also then something to consider. So, Nico, just very briefly before we go to a break, um, mm-hmm. I was reading something that said there's still a long way to go um, on the African continent and in South Africa as well with regards to um, electric cars. What's your take on that? All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Okay, so you heard the question, Nico. The question was like, do we think that um, we still have a way to go um, with regards to the um, electric cars? Hmm. I think there's a few factors. If I'm just, you know, if I, if I had more time, I think of might think of a few more. The first one, of course, is our attitude towards electric cars. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are still scared or worried about them, so that's the first thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think ESCOM is an issue. Um, with load shedding because you can still drive the car um, with so without actually load shedding being a massive issue if it's two or even four hours a night. But if it's something 
um, that is sort of in the back of a lot of people's minds, and that again makes them wonder about electric cars. Um, the pricing is still really quite expensive, but that's a worldwide problem. I mean, cars like, as you said now, the BYD at a three at about seven, 760,000 mm. is it, becoming more affordable, so that helps. But we need a lot more affordable electric cars. That's, I think, a worldwide issue. Um, I don't think the government is supporting it enough. Um, if, if, if it's a serious thing, then we need to say, let's look at the tax on these cars. And if we want to, like Norway, uh, had lots of incentives to drive it, and one of them was just tax breaks on electric cars. Actually, a few countries have done this, where if you're buying an electric car, the tax breaks make it really worthwhile. So it's also about, I think, that support and attitude as well. In the industry, there's a lot of people working hard to try and make this happen. There's companies that are, are the car manufacturers themselves. A lot of them are paying for charging stations to make that network bigger. Um, there's a lot of companies that are looking at, you know, into the charging network and different companies that are doing that. Um, so I think those are some of the factors that, that say, if I look at other countries, how they're accelerating. I don't think we're accelerating even close to at the same pace in the rest of the world. But, of course, it's also a money thing. Um, and it's not a cheap thing. You know, even putting up, if you have a filling station and you want to sell us and let me put up a charger, that's a very expensive exercise. And mm. a lot of the time as well, people want to put up a charger, but then they look at the electricity supply to your filling station um, or your, even your, your restaurant, and the electricity supply does, you know, is not necessarily strong enough for a certain type of charger. And also, I think, our attitudes as well. We, when you think about electric cars, ESCOM... Even the biggest issue, if you lived in a city and you are doing really well and can afford a second car, then an electric car is really a, quite a good consideration. So, yeah, I think that's, that's some of the factors I can think of currently that, that say I don't think we're accelerating close to as, much, close to as quickly as the rest of the world, but they are first world countries. So their problems and things are different than ours and their yeah. money they can spend. As, um, as Stephen says, um, on what planet is 750,000 considered affordable? And I have to say... Exactly, exactly. Just for noting <laughs> that uh, when we say that it's more affordable than usual, it's the, we're not saying it's more affordable than usual according to how we feel. It's more affordable than usual according to the numbers of what cars cost uh, historically, electric cars cost. So, exactly, right. I certainly wouldn't be able to pay that, and my goodness. No, neither could I. But I did neither read, I. And, and it starts to talk about cost as well, is that there are people who for 750000 is like just a, uh, peanuts, and mm-hmm. because it's just peanuts, it, I mean, it's just like something that they can do, they could then buy an electric car as a city car and then have a long-distance car as another car, which does raise the question, I suppose, what about hybrids, that Toyota hybrid that came out a while back? Isn't that a mm-hmm. possibility? Yeah, the thing is, the type of hybrid, I think, is the, is the important one. So just, again, if you're looking at the price, electric cars generally cost 1.2 million rand. So 760, 800,000 is affordable, but for most Africans, just not in, within their reach. Yeah. So that, that Toyota hybrid was actually, um, if you, that's just actually, you could consider that as a petrol car, um, and there's an electric motor that helps you along, but you're not really, you don't have the benefit of using electricity. So if you're looking at a hybrid, the type of hybrid is called a plug-in hybrid. But then you need to be not lazy. <coughs> I've a few and I've become lazy. So a plug-in hybrid means when you stop at home, you plug it into the wall socket. It has a small battery and the ranges vary from 40 to maybe 100 kilometers yeah. with wonderful charge. So plug-in hybrids could make sense because you could plug it in, you could drive to work if you're not driving too fast, um, 
and then you could actually just drive an electric motor to work and you could charge it or you might even be able to drive that depending on mm. how far you live away. And then in a long distance trip, you just use the internal combustion engine. But in very way, you become a little bit lazy. And I've seen that. I've had a coffee, let's say, I've had a few um, plug-in hybrids, but initially it's almost like the novelty where it's awful a little bit and I become a bit lazy and I just then drive on the on the petrol motor. Yeah. And also the plug-in hybrids would cross-wise be a lot more than just a petrol or diesel. So um, if you're not disciplined, it's almost like a plug-in hybrid doesn't make sense because you're not really going to say charge it all the time, drive with electricity, and the cost factor for a lot of people make it make them go, oh, no, I'd rather just have a petrol or diesel. Uh, on the line, we've got Neil from the Eastern Cape. Neil, how's it? Hello, good day. How's it going? Hi, Neil. Good, thank um, you, Tell me, do you guys know that uh, in the 1990s, Eskom used to have uh, an entire uh, electric vehicle division, a department? Wow. Uh, I used to liaise with them quite regularly because I built an electric vehicle back then. Wow. Uh, Nico, do you know that? I, I, I couldn't hear clearly. I'm sorry. What, what was so, it so Neil was saying that Eskom used to have a, an entire department focused on researching and building electric cars at one point in the 90s. Did oh. you know that? Yeah. No, I didn't even know that. I mean, okay. They, they put, uh, they were, uh, I think they put uh, electric vehicle, they were converting. I, I converted electric vehicle. It's a pretty straightforward thing. Back then it was lead, acid batteries, etc. But you could actually buy the kit over the counter at a place called KTA Electronics in America. So you could buy a kit for an electronic car? Yes, uh, over the counter. The the most common ones were the the Golf. You could actually go there and buy the whole thing over the counter. Uh, The Ranger was the favorite one because you... You had a, a Ranger Bucky, uh, you, the, the old American one. You had a big uh, uh, space to put your 100-volt battery at the back. I, I built a, a car wow. back then. So I used to chat to them very often. Uh, obviously, that collapsed yeah. because, you know, the whole situation. Uh, electric vehicles are very, very simple. Oh. Uh, they're very cheap. They are utterly overpriced. The battery for a leaf, uh, what Nissan Leaf costs about 100,000 Rand. So that would mean you, you would never have, you would take a chunk of the price of the engine away, you'd have a battery, and the motor is extremely cheap. Okay. Wow. And I'd, I'd like to run something uh, with Nico there. Nico, what do you think about the concept? I'm, I'm, because I'm an electronic technician, and I built an electric vehicle, so I know... Uh, Lots about them. What do you think of the idea of having, uh, I call them slide-over charges? So you've got a service station, and you go onto a rail thing, like little brass copper rails on the ground. And you go down to four kilometers an hour, and you spend a minute or two or three or five on that, and you're pumping energy into the car. Or the same thing in all shopping centers. Come to a parking lot, which is a charging uh, situation, and you've got uh, uh, which, which call what I would call wipers underneath contactors that go onto these contactors in the parking lot, so you don't have this fuss about getting out and plugging this cable into the side of your car, etc. So everywhere you go, which is accommodated these like charging things, you just go in and your wipers come down under your 
engine or a motor and you walk it into there and you spend those few minutes in the shop and you're pumping energy into your car, recharging. Okay. What do you think? Uh, we're going to have to leave you there, Neil, because we've literally got a minute left. Um, I have no idea what Neil's talking about, but but I know that you will know, Nico. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a little time. So the first thing is, um, if you just, uh, a lot of manufacturers have been trying things on the road, um, and the fact is that you need to get energy into the car quite quickly. Um, and even if you have a very powerful charger, it'll still take you, uh, let's say you've got a 150 kilowatt DC charger, it might still take you about 30 minutes. So laying the road, you know, um, on the road surface, it's just, I think, cost-effective. It's not cost-effective. That's why it's not done. When you get to shopping centers, I hear what you're saying, and, and, and it's an interesting idea. I wonder about um, the safety of that um, and the practicality of it. It's almost, it, it, it's almost simpler just to simply have plug it in at a shopping center. I've done it, let's say, uh, close to me, there's a shopping center with a charge, and if I've had an electric car, I simply drive there, stop, um, plug it out, plug it in, tap the car, and it goes. So in other words, it's, it's very simple as opposed to uh, um, something that comes out of the ground. That might be quite a lot more expensive to do as opposed to, and, and so safety-wise, something that plugs into the car, talks to the car, um, and then um, if you give it a tap the car, it's actually all, it's, it's also fairly quick. So that's, so that's a reflect shopping center, I suppose. So uh, the car manufacturers are trying different ways, and they have tried the idea of driving on a road that charges, but the cost implication is just simply too much. Um, but also consider the way we need to think about electric cars is different. You charge them at home. Most people, when I said to you, know, when I do training, and I say, how many charging stations are there, and people go 300, 500, whatever, there are millions of cars. You have an electric car is that you're charging it at home all the time. You don't have to charge it anywhere else except if you're going far away. Okay, Nico, we'll have to leave it at that. I just want to quickly read what Terence and Kakama says, just because I think it's fabulous. He's saying, good morning. I'm very excited to see that the BMW is testing two new X5s and two new um, X3s in Kakamos Uppington. So as we know, they always test over there. So that's very exciting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Very lovely to see. And it's great <laughs> for our economy as well. Fantastic. That's it, Nico. We'll chat next week. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning. Independent and impartial.